Thanks for joining us today. We have a discussion on some retail deals, a little bit of operating stuff and how we're finding deals. Uh, we want to first uh, kick things off with IHOP, this recent closing that we had here that's pretty darn exciting and an uh, opportunity that we found value in the market right now. Yes, I think we're, we're literally closing it right now as we speak. As we speak. As we speak. It's, it's happening today. So that part is pretty cool. But you know, this is a deal we found in Houston, uh, Texas. So our second Texas deal, we've We've talked about the deal before, but we want to just kind of recap on how how we found this opportunity and what it means operationally. Well, first of all, for, for tech, for Greenleaf, I mean, Texas is a huge win. This is our second deal in Texas. Texas and Florida are like the top two, the top two real estate markets right now. And well, people wise, yeah, people wise, yeah. So I think uh, we we did a statistic that well, Texas, people in growth, Texas and Florida consist of a bigger population than all of our current existing footprint right now that we buy properties. Georgia's still better. Georgia's still better. <laughs> but yes. No, yeah. Te I mean, Texas and Florida, I think, is like 65 million people total. Yeah. And, you know, Georgia's not 65 million people, but. No, I think we're, uh, oh my God, I should know the it's 12 million. Yeah, 12 or so. But Georgia football right now is kind of better than Florida and Texas. I'm, I'm a Come University on. of Florida graduate, yeah, so I mean, you, can, you, <laughs> you can do that if you want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's definitely exciting to get, uh, to get some opportunities in Texas. Yes, very, like. very excited about that. And so this IHOP, uh, this is a, a neat opportunity where we're taking a asset with a short-term lease and turning it into a long-term lease while we're in the due diligence period. So that was the value play that you really put together here. Right. This and, the, and this is our new strategy. We had a pivot with interest rates. Um, I think on my latest quote, someone just actually told me 6.75%, which... Um, Slightly different than a year ago. I don't ago. think I've seen it in, I don't know how long. I haven't seen that type of interest rate. So we have to do interest or deals that are less interest rate dependent. And so what that means is that we're doing shorter term holds with value add opportunities. So, and for retail, value add is always going to be, you know, maybe through some capital, but more so value add through retail is going to be through a piece of paper, which is the lease. And so that's how we create value for um, retail properties by making a short lease, a long lease. Yeah. So two years, I mean, Applebee's sitting there operating. They've got a two-year lease, and now all of a sudden, like, okay, we'll sign a 17-year lease. That is amazing. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so two years to 17 years is a big is a big deal. I mean, we added uh, 15 years of term to this one transaction, and we roughly bought it for approximately a 7.1 cap. And if you look just at our comp, uh, our comps on our marketing material for the IHOP. There is data that shows that uh, IHOP sell high fours or five at five caps right now. And so we bought something in a seven cap and we're going to position the sale. Uh, we actually modeled to be conservative at a five and a half cap, even though the comps show we could sell it at a five cap. So at a five and a half cap, we do pretty well. Yeah, And this is even with interest rates coming up, the net lease market hasn't changed a whole ton on the value part right now. Long term, that's totally different. If we're looking out two, three, four years, the value positions could be very different based on kind of what rates are doing now, where rates are in 12 months. It's kind of a future guess. Yeah. But in the current environment, even with rates coming up, we're still seeing uh, cap rates definitely lower as we extend the lease longer. And, and what's also happening uh, that prices still have not lowered as much as people think they're going to lower. And so... And so, you know, what that means is people just aren't selling deals. And so the buyer, the selling pool is going to shrink. The, 
if the selling pool is shrinking, the buyer pool is shrinking. And so, you know, what's happening with the interest rate increases is exactly what it's supposed to happen. Things are slowing down. So things are slowing down for us. Things are slowing down for brokers. Uh, your mortgage broker friend uh, has... has uh, it's going to get tighter. He's, yeah. he's taking a nap at work, I think, <laughs> every day. Is that what you said? I think they're still doing loans. They're just... I don't know what the mortgage... I think it's like 20 30% down right now on uh, new mortgage applications. Lots of mortgage brokers and lots of brokers are calling me for lunch right now because they want to talk. But let's, let's look a little bit about how we... You know, what relationships and how we... How we uh, we're able to achieve this two to 17 year uh, change in the lease structure because that was done while we were in due diligence, uh, kind of on a deal that we kind of, we didn't fully own at the time. And we were able to negotiate that with the current operator. who's right. also based out of Atlanta. Right. So, so during due diligence, we, we were upfront with the uh, seller. Hey, we're going to, we're going to try to get a longer lease because we do not want to buy a two-year lease. No one wants to buy a two-year lease. It's, it's, um, first of all, the bank uh, will not let you finance it for a long period of time. And if they do let you finance it, um, there was one quote we had where somebody, uh, the bank wanted us to put 12 months of mortgage payments in reserves if we were to actually close on a two-year lease. And if they didn't renew the two-year lease, the bank knew they had 12 months to figure it out because they got 12 months yeah. of mortgage payments sitting in the bank. So with this, the, the risk for Greenleaf was very low. So if we got the lease extension, great. We could do our economics, do our pro forma, and figure out if we can make money. And if we didn't get the lease extension, there's, we, we there's have kind of no deal. We have some money in due diligence costs. And you know, sometimes the best money or the best deals that you do are the deals that you, you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and even that, you know, if we're looking at a two-year lease and the tenant tells us, hey, we don't plan to extend this, it's like, oh, okay. Maybe we probably don't want to buy that one then. Yep. Because we don't want to be... Having a vacant a, a vacant retail spot right now is not super attractive. So me personally, I'm very risk adverse, which is one of the reasons why I like retail because retail it's reliable, it's predictable, and you have a very good indicator of that location and the performance at their location. So it makes a lot of sense. And uh, well, everything it's still you know it's still a big boy investment, and there's always risk that we mitigate the risk as much as possible through our research, and we, we get. We're pretty extensive. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's also why we're looking at thousands of deals, though. Oh yeah, it's not. Yeah, we don't just randomly find one. We're like, oh, this one's going to be great. I think our scoring spreadsheet right now is probably going to hit three thousand deals soon over the last. You know, so we've essentially yeah, so three thousand deals. Definitely take some effort yes. to go find. You know, find the one or two or three deals that can actually work in the right. environment we're in right now. And so the existing tenant at this IHOP is a tenant that we've dealt with for years. So I've been dealing with this tenant. Uh, uh, which is actually a big private, uh, big private um, conglomerate of restaurants and other brands, and um, I've known them since 2017, and so I've I've have a personal five year relationship with this particular tenant, and so it's very easy for me to call them and say, hey guys, you know what are your plans with this location? Would you be interested in talking about the lease? And then you have a little bit right. of a, a, a give and take on you give me this, I give you that, <laughs> and you have other brands with them. Yes, well, right. we have. They've, um, they've been a tenant with you and other brands with these brands. So IHOP or Applebee's and IHOP right now, and they have other brands which, uh, like, they have the John Deere, they have uh, the fitness brand. It's a plan. Is a plan of fitness. Fitness, I think. Planet fitness, yeah. yeah. And uh, on the border, on the border, and a few more other, a few I other like brands. That place. Yeah. That's a personal preference, but I like that one. 
So let's look at uh, you know the deal and how well this worked out. Let's talk a little bit about the operating side of it. We're going to jump into that and kind of how these net lease deals work operationally, and they're they're pretty easy from an operating standpoint, but they still have some stuff that has to be done. So yeah. if we look at the net amount of rent that comes in from a net lease deal, you know, or the gross amount, our net margin on that from a profitability standpoint is, is much higher than most other real estate assets because we don't have any operating costs, which are also operating risks. Here, the only real thing we have is our loan, which is fixed and, and normally tied to the term of the lease. Right, and you, you get, you've got the loan, you've got to pay your accountant once a year, we do a little bit of an extra insurance policy, and we've got to pay for our accounting software, and really, that's it. Yeah, right. so we don't have a, you know, a, a typical real estate deal, you have a property manager. Right, we have no one on site that we're paying to do anything, and, and, and also, we don't take the tax risk either. Like, the taxes are a tenant responsibility, the insurance is a tenant responsibility, so those variable costs are not on us, they are on the tenant a triple net deal. So all of these restaurants we're buying, we have a really good indicator day one of what it's going to cost us to operate. Right. And, and we know what our revenues are going to be. Yeah. And, and um, uh, I think uh, uh, you call the metric, is it, it's a dollar per head, dollar uh, head. Yeah. We look at revenue per team member. Revenue per team. You know, we're looking at that internally at Greenleaf yeah. to see what kind of technology or what kind of resources can we use that can maximize the amount of revenue we can generate with the team that we have in place. And so retail is, for revenue per team member, retail is pretty high compared to other business segments. Definitely. Yeah. It's our, you know, on a, on a pure revenue per team member standpoint, it's the highest we have. I'll take it. It's the, yeah. You're welcome. It's the most, uh, it's the most <laughs> scalable kind of from a business standpoint because also you have fewer variables that you have to track and manage along the way. Right. So. The accountant one year might charge us 2500 and then charge us 3000 and you know that's that's the biggest variable the variability we have right now. Right. Yeah, year. I mean we have our tax returns based on how many LPs and right. the GP position if we're doing some fancier components we're rolling 1031s and making tick agreements to to buy certain things that can add to our costs from a, an overall accounting yeah. finance review and, at the end of the year. And we love our 1031 investors, but it does definitely complicate it. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more expensive, but that's yeah. worth it for the tax benefits yeah. uh, on a 1031. Yeah. For sure. Well, your goal is to never, is it to pay as little tax as possible, right? To follow the rules. Fo but follow 1031s the rules and pay little, little are, tax are an excellent way to defer capital gains long-term, especially you can take 1031s and you realize the gains in them and then you're able to buy a, a solid cash flowing asset, like the right. at least deals where... Uh, you're earning a good rate of return on a, on a higher now asset value. Right. And when you're right. on your second and third and fourth iteration of a 1031 too, it really, I mean, the cash you started yeah. with is so small compared to the cash it turned into at a certain point. And that, I mean, this IHOP, this is exactly that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's, that's a little bit operational at where it's, uh, you know, where it's definitely easier and allows for a lot of scalability and, and pretty high profit margins. What that then translates into is then um, pretty consistent distributions. So this quarter, we just finished up the third quarter overall at Greenleaf and distributions from our net lease assets, everything made a distribution. Everything paid this quarter, yes. And I think we had a really good, really good quarter paying investors right now. And so I get excited when we're paying investors because it means I'm doing that's, my job correctly. Yep, I get excited as well. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we want to be doing. That's what, I mean, we're here to 
yeah. to be able to make those distributions and provide passive income to our, our LPs that are in each deal that we have. Yes, yes. So we've had a pretty consistent run now with our net lease assets where we are able to continually make distributions uh, on a quarterly basis. So it's pretty cool. All right, that is it for IHOP. We're excited about this one. It has been a win to get to where we're at, and we close today. We close today, although I think we're not showing this today, but we are closing. No, right yeah, now, we're not we're showing it exactly today, but we are. We have our closing <laughs> happening right now. Yes, and then uh, we send this out in a couple of days. Yes, okay. uh, and IHOP. We are. This is a. This is a. Um, it's a good brand, solid brand. Now IHOP is a actually a premium. If you look at cap rate. IHOP's actually traded a premium cap rate compared to some of the other brands too. So this is just, um, you know, some, some brands are just liked better than others. IHOP is a very yeah. well-liked Well, it's brand. also how they perform in that location. Yeah. And it's, You're well, looking at revenue per store, how long they've been there, how they operate. Yes, and this is an above-average IHOP. Oh, and even the best one about this one too. This is something that was really nice, but we were the second offer. Second, second place. Contract. I love being in second place. I, I, I love being in through. second. You know what's better than being in second place on an offer? Being in third, third place. place. <laughs> have to come back to you. Yeah, so when you make your initial offer, they, they laugh at you and they say, okay, fine. And then they go with the first offer. And then a month later, you get the call back saying, hey, you still interested? And then we may or may not say yes, but if they call you back a third time, that's when- Then you're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. And this one happened to be the second time. So the first contract fell through. And so when um, the first contract falls through and they come back to you, <laughs> it works out that's to your good. advantage. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Very cool. All right, well, thanks for- Tune in here, everyone, and we will see you soon.